It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I don't know. What can I say that's not already been said? Guess I gotta give it a shot. Yeah, I had to remove the specs for this one because this team is effectively giving me a migraine. As much as I hate to have to do this, typically start things off this way and giving a little bit of a recap have no desire to really talk about the game against the Cowboys because, I mean, we all lived through that nightmare, but I think it's important to identify some of the shortfalls and uh, chat our way through a potential path forward. Uh, how meaningful any of that really is at this point. I mean, still, teams two and three, so it's not over. We've just been down this road before numerous times, unfortunately. And, uh, Got the Chiefs coming up on Sunday, so it's important that we focus in on that. They have a bit of a mini buy that they're rolling in off of, so yay. But anyway, let's hop into number one because I'm doing my best to not become this guy. But he's creeping up. I feel him. He's tapping me on the shoulder. It says he wants to come out and play. And I'm talking about, that's right, the legendary Jada. If I kiss you now, you die later. Jaded Kiss, one of my alter egos. And as a Chargers fan, you have to fight the urge to become that person. They make it oh so difficult. How do I feel about the state of this franchise right now? Well, I think uh, I've done a fairly decent job at being very, very clear about my stance. But man, 
this past game just puts me in the mindset of being on the hamster wheel. It's what we go through year in and year out with this team. But it kind of all stems back to the same issues. If certain things aren't repaired, different direction isn't taken, then we can expect this to just be what we experience for the very near future. Potentially, I mean, as long as the span I own the team, which I don't see changing anytime soon. So we might just have to lock in and hope and pray that at some point they make right decisions about leadership. As far as uh, from a general manager standpoint, you can feel how you want about Tom Telesco. I honestly think he's more of a middleman than anything. And he's just kind of at the whim of whatever John tells him. Uh, he definitely carries his water. And he's not without blame, but I'm not really sure how much pull he actually has at this point in his career. I mean, to have this level of job security after being so mediocre, there's got to be a relationship thing going on. You're probably a yes man, but ultimately, what has to change above all else is the head coaching situation. And I'm sorry, man. I, I'm not going to say that I've caped for Brandon Staley. I've just done my best to try to be as fair in my judgment of him as possible, as I do with practically everything, but I can't anymore. I can't just sit idly by and pretend like this is a guy that I can see the Chargers being led by going into the future beyond this year, unless something drastically changes. But I mean, what do you expect at this point? We're in the third year of this. And what can you really say Brandon Staley can hang his hat on? Yeah, it just gets rougher to have these conversations because you're looking to be optimistic, trying to pull what you can from it. And there are some things that you can glean from this game and be, I guess, happy, proud about. It's just not enough because it doesn't result in W's. And I get you folks out there that are process over results, folks. See, the issue with that is that if the process doesn't yield results and results driven business, then you've got a busted process. And if you aren't willing to make those adjustments, then you, sir, are the problem. Um, there's a fundamental issue within this franchise, and it starts at the very top, trickles down. And typically, you got to start at the head of the snake to really, really and truly identify the problems. So, again, I have to circle back to this. It's either the span I make the adjustments, let actual football people enter the building and do football things. And, John, go take a seat in the corner. Um, you can update your bio to say whatever you want it to. Take all the credit you want. Just stay out of the way. Because the product that we are receiving as Chargers fans is not something that's representative of a team that we can be proud of or one that we have much hope for going into the future. Something's got to shake. And if it's not going to be ownership, then uh, the next level down is going to be front office coaching staff. Since the Spanoses aren't leaving anytime soon. 
everybody might want to start putting together their dream list of uh, potential new head coaches, possibly general managers, even though at this point, I'm not even certain if they're going to get rid of Telesco. Felt a little differently a few months ago. No, I'm not so sure. Because if it's about controlling and puppeteering, then they already have that guy in place. And uh, I guess when you have a good brown noser, someone who just kind of falls rank and file and whatever orders you give carries them out. I guess you want to hold on to them. So at this point, I'm just kind of looking at different head coaches. Pretty sure you guys know who I want. Out in Ann Arbor. Coaching an undefeated college football team right now. Has a Heisman uh, Trophy contending quarterback. And uh, knows how to run the ball. Play defense. It's kind of his strong suit. So the polar opposite of what the Chargers have currently and have had for quite some time. That's right, Mr. Harbaugh. I hope those rumors are true. Guess we'll have to wait until the end of the season to find out. Yeah, know that my head's throbbing, but I kind of have to keep these glasses on because I still need to see, right? Pardon me. Uh, jumping right into number two. Let's reflect, shall we? Unfortunately. That game was a very difficult watch live. Uh, Very slow, penalty ridden, lots of undisciplined play on both sides of the ball with teams who essentially gave the other opportunities to pull it out in the end. And of course, the Chargers fell on the short end of the stick as they do quite often, especially in these uh, close games, which is pretty much all they play. So par for course but there were several disappointing aspects of this performance let's start with uh our guy because gotta call it down the middle and be fair and objective justin herbert had a bad night and the reason why this really hurts is because it only feeds into the national narrative about him not quite being that guy and when he has performances such as these, can't really do a whole lot to refute it. You can go back into the statistics bag and the records that have been set. But ultimately now, even though wins are not a QB stat, him being a 500 quarterback, what is his record? 27 and 27 now, it just feels weird because the talent is there. We've seen him perform at the highest level. Uh, He's got everything in his bag from um, an athletic standpoint, the arm talent. um, You can say what you want about his leadership ability. You may not necessarily like that. He's, you know, an introverted guy, even though you've seen him, you know, get up and show emotion on the field. It's just balanced. You know, he really just tries to stay even kill as much as he can and. I respect that as a quarterback. I don't necessarily need a guy who's getting in everyone's face and like blowing up at bad plays. I mean, would it be nice to see him pissed off like just once? I'd be interested to see what that looks like, but it's just not in his personality. I mean, we have to accept that at this point. But man, in a primetime game on uh, Monday night, we got prime blind Herbert. 
that's what it looked like. We're talking late reads, missing them all together, short hopping throws, uh, missing wide open shots, particularly to Keenan Allen on two beautiful double moves. At least one of them probably results in six. And he was a guy that was flustered by the Dallas Cowboys pressure. And what's really odd about that is we've seen him perform very well against pressure. I mean, not that long ago. Remember the Vikings game? Remember their blitz rate? And that was arguably Herbert's best game as a pro. Something didn't look right on Monday. The main difference is, you know, he's got the situation with the fractured finger on his non-throwing hand. And it shouldn't affect how he throws the ball but i do think there's something to how he grips the ball because you know herbo does the thing that a lot of quarterbacks do to get a feel for the ball for the strings they spin it before they throw it and i would imagine it's a little bit more difficult to do that when you've got two taped fingers together and a glove on something you're not accustomed to and i mean he had two weeks to adjust but, I mean, dude, when you have thrown a football a certain way and you go through the same routine for practically all of your life doing it one way, two weeks is not enough time to change that up and be comfortable with it. At least I don't think. I suspect it's pretty difficult. But he just looked rattled all night. Um, he was hurrying throws. There were instances where he would just say, screw it. First read wasn't open. He was taken off. And sometimes it was necessary, but others he could have shown a little bit more patience. And uh, it just it just looked like a deer in headlights performance. And it was uh, it, it was compounded by the fact that it was on national TV it was the only show in town that night. So the whole world was watching. It's a bad look. And then you've got ESPN, who I didn't even knew participated in this sort of tomfoolery. Basically, publicly humiliating this team. I've never seen that from the worldwide leader, you know? But that was the route they chose to go. And we just got to eat it. It's unfortunate. I really hate the fact that we had to witness the guy that we're leaning on to be the leader of this team and carry it forward going into the future perform like that. And I mean, it doesn't get any easier because you're going into a game in Arrowhead against Patrick Mahomes. So you're going to have those comparisons right after this. So you just got to pull it together somehow, some way. Besides the Justin Herbert situation, there's a very, very real problem. And actually a few. I don't want to minimize any of this that we're going to get to here shortly. But just wanted to give Herbo his just due in all of this right out of the gate. So people don't think. You know, number one, I'm trying to bury that or show any favoritism. Love the guys at QB, but you got to stand in this, man. That was an unacceptable performance. And moving forward, we need better from you. Because unfortunately, due to the way this team is constructed, the charges go as Justin Herbert goes. And if he has a bad game, the chances of them winning are slim to none. And that's not his fault. But unfortunately, it's the position that the team has put him in. So 
Shape up, my guy. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. <laughs> so, so much blame pie to go around. Uh, we gave Herbo his fair share, so everybody else, come up and get your slice, man. Just going to call number three. Keep it simple. Upon further reflection. Let's start. With the fact that you guys know I pressed upon the Chargers coming out after the bye and having an effective game plan and strategy, an updated one for the Cowboys. Yes, but just overall, because there were several questions that needed answers to guys that weren't being utilized properly. Figuring that they could take that two weeks to help to begin establishing an identity for themselves. And man, lo and behold just didn't work out that way in certain cases it was worse now that first drive beautiful there was a little bit of everything i mean you had a blend of misdirection plays they were getting herbert on the move outside of the pocket you saw some rpo uh there was a screen to eckler that was a big play they were running some tempo pre-snap motions to create like some natural picks that's kind of sort of what ended up getting Keenan open on that first touchdown but then and it all changed why is that a couple of reasons let's start with the offensive line shall we will clap you sir are the weakest link and unfortunately when you look at box scores, especially when we're talking offensive linemen, they don't tell the full story because not surrendering or surrendering a sack doesn't mean that you played well. You were fortunate, but you were still a liability. Uh, let's start here. I could not rewatch the entire game. I got through the majority of the first half, started the second half and just couldn't put myself through it anymore. So this is all based off of the rewatch and what I remember live, what I rewatched through uh, a half and maybe like three or four minutes of the third quarter. Uh, Will Clapp being stood up, creating no surge off of the line of scrimmage in the run game, not being athletic enough to execute zone schemes. Pretty much the whole nine. You got Rashawn Slater, who clearly isn't right. Uh, seems to be playing on his heels. Apparently, it may be due to an ankle injury. Uh, he was doing a whole lot of catching guys in pass pro and not really being able to be the aggressor in the run game. And 
come on, man. Trey Pipkins is who he is. Maybe an average, around average right tackle. But whenever he plays against like elite pass rushers, he gets exposed. He, he very rarely holds up on his own. Um, he had some good snaps here and there, but you don't want him out there on an island regularly against the uh, best in the NFL from the edge position. Eventually, it's going to go very wrong. Zion Johnson getting beat across his face. Defensive lineman just like slanting in front of him. And when he tries to recover, ending up on his back, effectively being wiped out of plays. So just kind of looking like a turnstile at times. And, you know, when he whiffs, it's so bad. It looks horrible. That's another first round draft pick that, like I said before, when he's when he's good, he's good. But man, when he loses, it almost looks unbearable. It's so hard to watch because the guy's an athlete. You know, he's got the skill to get the job done. It's just he seems to get beat at the worst possible times. I don't know, man. There's just some further development that needs to happen there. I thought that by him moving to his natural position of left guard, it would assist. I mean, he's not overall in the year been a complete bust, but he's popping up every week. There's a level of consistency there and inconsistency that stands out. You can say that about most of the Chargers. And Jamari Sawyer, he's a plotter. If he gets beat by speed, it's kind of to be expected because he's a slow-footed guard, downhill guy, someone who needs to get a hat on a hat and move people that way, and just you got someone quick on the inside. May not turn out the greatest for him. Uh, If he's not quick off the snap, he stands a really good chance at being beat, and he's also not quick enough to recover regularly. Penetration was happening like so quickly against runs that they couldn't get started. So asking the team to be more of a downhill power running team is what we want because we think that's where they're best suited. And it's what we saw in week one. But it's kind of hard to do when defenders are a yard into the backfield when the receiver uh, takes the handoff. I'm sorry. Running back takes a handoff. It's just it's all over the place right now. Uh Offensive linemen don't even have a chance to climb to the second level. So good luck getting your running game started. And I feel like they just put Isaiah Spiller in to satisfy, you know, people that are asking for it. He gets a couple snaps and then you don't see him. He doesn't really have a chance to be all that effective. But I I don't know who was going to get anything done on Monday in the running game. Trey McKitty is a complete waste of space. I'm not going to spend any more time on him. You guys see it for yourselves. Let's move along from there the problem with not having a running game outside of it putting more stress on Justin Herbert is it takes away from your ability to run play action because teams don't respect the run so you're not going to get guys peeking into the backfield taking those false steps up creating that separation you know between your linebackers and safeties or giving you chances to go up top so Here's what you got to do, in, in my opinion. If you're not going to be able to run the ball, and I think, again, that whole thing that I said about uh, what's-his-face will clap, it's just further proof of how important Corey Lindsley is to this offensive line because it's just it's falling apart without Corey. 
So I do hope and pray that all is well with his health first and foremost. And if so, please, I hope that man can get back as soon as possible because everyone on offense is suffering for it. If you're not going to be able to run the ball and because of the pressure that teams are, well, I mean, every team's not going to be the Cowboys, but for the teams that are able to generate pressure with their front four and even in some of those schemes where they utilize, you know, blitzing with the linebackers and safeties. If your protection is going to be leaky that way, what you're going to have to do to make teams pay is spread them out. You're going to have to do some more four and five wide stuff and get the ball out of Herbo's hands quicker into playmakers on the outside. This is where Quentin Johnston and Darius Davis would come in handy. Uh, also, Keenan Allen, who, you know, at 30 plus years old right now is your best run after catch threat. I mean, there's Gerald Everett also. But I mean, he disappears for entire games. Don't understand why they can't get him more involved in the game plan other than like on jet sweeps, which we need to kind of stop doing. It, it was cute the first time he tried it. But when you do something like that and hand it to your tight end, as opposed to the guy who you drafted to be a run after catch or a threat in open space, a guy who can create on his own. See that dude, you can't get him the ball on plays that you should get him the ball. You'd rather give it to your tight end because I guess you think you're smarter than everyone. But whatever. Um you got to be able to get the ball into your playmaker's hands and allow them to make it happen. So, yeah, I know how we all feel about a dot and Justin Herbert and the dump off passes. But right now, if your offensive line is going to be this leaky, then you have to adjust. And the quick game may be the way to go about it. You can't establish a run game. So uh, maybe even certain instances uses an extension of the run. But that's an adjustment to make. But that's just me. Uh, I, I kind of touched on this already, but the whole Quentin Johnston thing is mind numbing. Two weeks, you still couldn't figure out how to utilize him in a big time Monday night showdown. And furthermore, the guy that was in certain games out snapping him, but definitely outperforming him to this point and giving more opportunity. His uh, college teammate, fourth round wide receiver, Darius Davis was practically uh, a ghost in this game. So you took who may be like right now, your third best offensive weapon, at least through the first quarter of the season, he has been. And you put him on a milk carton for an entire game. Just two weeks ago, he had one of your biggest plays of the season thus far on a run as a running back for 50 plus yards. And then somehow you managed to go into the bye, still not come up with a plan for QJ, but also all but eliminate Davis from the game plan. Also, I don't know how you regressed with a break to focus on these things, but Hey, once again, what do I know? Um, so the two targets that went to Quentin Johnson, this is, you can't make this stuff up. On the first play, QJ lines up in the slot. If I'm recalling correctly, he runs what I believe was a corner route. And unfortunately, uh, Rashawn Slater was beat and the pressure got to Herbo just as he released. So the ball came out was short. Uh, I don't believe that QJ had a ton of separation on that route. But, you know, if Herbo can place it properly, which there's really no way to know that he would have based on the way he was throwing the ball all night, he may have been able to throw QJ open. 
into like an over the shoulder reception potentially but didn't work out second play we all remember because it was the last offensive play of the game for the chargers uh i hate talking about this but here's what it is herbert takes a snap flushed out of the pocket because good old will clap gives up a pressure pushes herbo into a delayed pressure from either a linebacker or safety i can't remember and he ends up short hopping the ball that first and foremost stefan gilmore played the role of debo and friday looking like he snatched red's chain uh quentin johnson being red of course mugs him completely thanks refs by the way for not calling that uh you abided by the letter of the law for everything else all night long but on this particular play you decided to swallow your whistle no big deal and it's picked by gilmore game over for the Chargers. those were his two targets two i'm i'm curious as to whether this is a kellen moore thing um a chris Beatty thing like as far as getting qj in uh, there's some sort of connection here between the coaching staff and the amount of reps these guys are getting and who's the focal point on these plays because i get that qj's raw but hey at some point you're gonna have to take the training wheels off it's a first round wide receiver mike williams is out so you need additional contributors uh i doubt it's gonna be keelan doss even though when I saw him out there before I saw QJ, if memory serves correctly, I remember seeing Doss early going motion and thinking to myself, you have got to be kidding me. But no, it was in fact Mr. Doss. This team's lack of direction is so alarming, especially after coming off of a break. And that was what you produced on the offensive side of the ball. Just uh, and this one's going pretty long because there's a lot to cover. But jumping over to the defense, not a whole lot to say because the defense actually played a pretty good game. Now, I will have to give you one caveat here. The Cowboys strong suit is not their offense. Their defense has been what's kept them in games. Dak has not been great. I believe this was CeeDee Lamb's second 100 yard receiving game of the season but he has seven targets seven catches and like 117 yards so you knew that they were going to focus on getting the ball and you still allowed it to happen but the Chargers shut the running game down i think what was it like 15 carries for 30 yards somewhere around there something like that in the running game and you got to Dak five times and he was able to escape a few others and that's where um, it cost you but boneheaded penalties one by Derwin James we can no longer excuse these some of those there isn't anything he can do about but that helmet to helmet shot completely unnecessary dude be better you're one of the leaders you're one of the faces of the team defense leans on you Joey Bosa I don't know it just seems like he's broken uh the dude's just injury riddled and at this point you're paying him a ton of money to be a part-time contributor Thule still playing a very good rookie ball khalil mack flashed early um you know with a sack still playing very well on the edge holding up against the run so the the run defense was great <laughs> the problem it's third down defense, not just from the penalty standpoint, but 
for the fact that I don't know what Brandon Staley's uh, infatuation is with lining up two to three yards beyond the sticks on third and eight plus. If it's third and long, he panics. He goes in a safe mode. And, you know, there's kind of sort of an easy fix to this. If you're going to run cover four or quarters in third and eight plus and you're going to line up dudes with 10 to 12 yard cushions first of all i'm sorry on the outside first of all don't because that's stupid secondly if you're gonna run quarters you can at least show press and back off of it after the snap but whatever again that's his job to figure out i'm just tired of the defense putting in work getting teams to third down third and long and then essentially having drives continue because number one dumb penalties but number two dumb coaching and that's demoralizing you get a team to a point to where all you have to do is make one more stop in front of the sticks or keep them away from the sticks so they don't feel confident enough to go for it on fourth down and you get the ball back to your offense allowing more opportunity for them i mean even though it was a struggle you give your defense a break because they played their behinds off and they weren't really rewarded for it. I have spent almost 20 minutes uh, on number three. So I'm just going to end it there because I could keep going. But uh, it's just frustrating to discuss. So we'll just move on to the next one. Appreciate when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You know what I compare Brandon Staley to now? Uh, you ever get a hankering for a bowl of cereal and you mosey on down to the kitchen, you get to the fridge and then it hits you. Man, it's been a minute since I busted out that box of Apple Jacks. So it's been even longer since I've used the milk. And then you see it hanging out in the back of the fridge on that top rack and you pull it, check the expiration date and you're about two days after. Give it a little bit of a whiff and it's questionable like doesn't really smell spoiled but you're taking a chance you pour that in a bowl with the cereal on top of it and you could have an issue might not work out the way you expect and that's kind of brandon staley because the scent of what he is right now ain't great but he gives you just enough to make you believe that maybe just maybe it can still work out for you case in point the defense overall is uh, actually starting to angle more towards average, which is all we've asked about. And it's somewhat deceiving because where you're seeing improvements, you're also seeing them fall off a cliff in other areas. 
Uh, as far as the pass rush is concerned, it has absolutely come alive. I think the Chargers, are they like tied for the most sacks in the NFL right now through uh, the first, you know, six weeks of the season? Somewhere around there. But you know, the money down, third down, the one we talked about a little bit earlier, there's something that's super deceiving there. But Brandon Staley's also hanging his hat on it. It's a little annoying because he's omitting some very important facts. And I hate the way that he does that, by the way. Uh, it's almost kind of like sleight of hand. You know, that magician Brandon Staley. Uh, so right now, the charges are like, mm, what, 20 conversions allowed on 60 uh, third down attempts? It's like 33%, something like that. Uh, it's top five in the NFL, which is awesome. And he spoke to that saying that they are one of the top defenses on third down in the NFL, which is true statistically. Yeah, but here's a problem. You are also the most penalized team on third down. You can't act like that's not a fact. So great. When you actually see the down through, you're one of the best at stopping it. But also the fact that your team is very undisciplined pretty much washes that right on out i'm surprised no one brought that up in the presser but um you know it's getting to a point now where you have to ask yourself a question because it's one thing or the other it's like before the guys weren't understanding the scheme you're in year three at this point and so it's just kind of like well what am i supposed to do uh i'm dug in this is what i've been selling these guys and eventually it's just gotta work because he gives off the impression, at least to me, that it's typically like the player's fault. Like his scheme is what it is. They call up these premium coverages. Guys are just either getting improper leverage, uh, aren't reading their keys. All this other stuff associated with what the guys on the field aren't doing. And again, keep in mind, this is year three. And it just feels as if he believes the scheme is bulletproof. It's the guys that are the problem. And we have banged this nail a bunch of times. It's not working out scheme wise after almost three years. Then maybe you need to make adjustments to the scheme to fit what the players do best. Doesn't seem to be what Staley is about. He really, really believes in this. It's kind of his claim to fame. And he feels like he had the resume to prove it. Somewhat questionable. We're not going to revisit that. You guys know where he came from. You know about the Rams defense, what that defense entailed, the players it had on it, specifically one guy that kind of changes the math of everything defensively. But I digress. <clears throat> I'm not exactly sure what level of belief I have in Staley any longer the Staleyisms have gotten old to me uh, the pressers have become more and more well they've actually been shorter his answers the level of detail he provides just kind of seems like he's in a really really cruddy mood and I get it people are questioning you all day um, depending on how much of the media attention you pay uh, attention to worded that kind of poorly but i'm not sure how much the outside noise he hears i mean you're in la it's not the 
craziest market to have to deal with media wise there are far worse yes be happy you don't live in new york my guy but it just feels like he's gone from the person who over communicated to now a guy who's giving you know very short answers it's almost curt to an extent but i get it by the same token dude you can't really flip the attitude though if you were like ned flanders in the beginning and now you're getting grilled then the fact that you're kind of flipped in the script and becoming like this like, sort of kind of curmudgeon then it looks away and the question is, is is the pressure getting to you but really and truly what i want to know is how you're going to respond because you are clearly walking the plank right now this game against the chiefs means a lot and i don't think many of us believe the Chargers are going to pull it out i mean let's be honest the chiefs do look a lot more beatable uh Offensively, they're not what they typically have been in years past, but their defense is much better. So talking about living in bizarre world, here we are. Fooled around and let the Chiefs finally figure it out defensively. It's not all on Patrick Mahomes to win every game. He's got some backup. Must be nice. Uh, it, it's just at this point, Staley has to show us something. We don't want to hear it anymore. I've now, like since the beginning of the season, have been all about, okay, dude, it's the start of year three. Got to see it. But I know some folks out there just hear him and they still believe and they're all holding on to hope that he figures it out. But just be honest with yourself, just based on how things currently stand, the direction they're going in. And the stubbornness that he seems to operate with when it comes to some of his decision making and also his defensive scheme. How much time is on the clock for him in your opinion how much more time should he get i mean are you not now just past the point of dealing with the mediocrity of this team every single year questioning coaching decisions every single year asking yourself when is the flip sorry when is the switch going to be flipped because i'm I'm not sure at this point that it it will be Uh, i just i think he is what he is and his tenure is nearing its end. And I have nothing personally against Brandon. I mean, of course, I don't know the guy. I do question a few of his decisions. Uh, I know how a bunch of you guys feel about those fourth down calls last week. I personally would have taken the three on uh, that first attempt. Just kind of based on game flow and the way that you were kind of struggling offensively to that point. Uh, second one perfectly fine but also again like based on how the game was going you kind of had to but you didn't have to earlier on you could have taken those points and i know people are talking about well if you know he kicked both times and that six points over seven yeah yeah but how are you leaving out the fact that that last touchdown that was scored was pretty much in a have to have it scenario just based on how poorly your offense had been moving the ball keep in mind they only had the ball where they did because of a special teams play so it's not like you've been marching the ball up and down the field all game and earlier in the game the score was tied you could have taken the lead so honestly if you want to play that game I'm talking about a potential 10 points as opposed to the 7 that you're alluding to
but I'm not here to go back and forth. That was just my opinion of it. But overall, Brandon, uh, my man, I am giving you fair and balanced criticism. And I mean, all of the critiques that you've gotten now, I think some people in the media have been very heavy handed in their assessment of you calling you fraudulent. And that's actually on the mild side of some of the things that people have referred to you as. But man, can you blame them? You sound like you know what you're talking about. The product on the field has not consistently uh, backed that up. So see you on Sunday and uh, hopefully you pull this one out because if you don't, I mean, you think it's ugly now. Next week, bonfire gotta apologize folks you know how i can be Um, got on a bit of a roll and completely forgot to give you the title for number four which was risky business but uh moving on to number five to close this thing out gonna call this one all in but really ask yourself this question where do you see the season going and none of us are clairvoyant at least i don't think so even though the other day I did kind of call the Chiefs picking up a vet wide receiver before the trade deadline like literally 30 minutes before it happened but that's completely coincidental <clears throat> uh, I wasn't trying to be Stradamus on that one it's just how it worked out this kind of feels like many of the seasons past Chargers get off to a bit of a rough start find their footing somewhere in the middle towards the end of the middle of the year get on a little bit of a run play some not so great opponents maybe gives you a little bit of false confidence and uh they just missed the playoffs by like a game or so or they sneak their way into it and then you know but let's not get into all of that uh the reason why i'm asking that is because just based on your opinion and where this roster is right now and the fact that this felt like it was supposed to be a quote-unquote all-in year are they just fine with the uh current roster as it's constructed you're you're down uh some key components on offense Corey lindsley we still don't know what's happening there uh you're just gonna ride it out with will clap in the event that lindsley can't come back I know we all have varying opinions on Mike Williams, but there is a level of production there that you haven't figured out how to uh, basically account for with the collection of players. And let's stop acting like Quentin Johnson is Mike Williams just because the dude is, you know, tall black guy with dreads, different skill sets altogether, cannot use them the same. But if you're going to allow that to fly on offense, then you're just going to deal with these week in and week out issues. Blocking is going to suffer for it, which means Justin Herbert's probably not going to be able to play optimally. And on the defensive side of the ball, uh, I mean, really what I think that all comes down to is making some adjustments here or there that I don't know whether or not Brandon Staley is willing to because he's kind of stuck in his ways. But again, I ask, are you really all in? Because if you are just under two weeks away from uh, the trade deadline, prove it. Because I don't want to hear that you're just going to ride with with what you have, because so far that has not been enough. 
And if you are serious about going for it, because this we keep saying this, this team's going to look very different next year. They're going to be some names that you may have become accustomed to that you may be attached to that could be elsewhere. Uh, the bills come and do as far as the cap is concerned, and you cannot kick that can down the road forever. So keep that in mind. But I'm not talking about them going out and making these huge splashes with trades. Have you seen some of these trades and what teams are giving up? I'm talking like late round draft capital for guys who can come in and actually contribute right now. But it just feels like the Chargers are going to do what they always do. And we always have these conversations, by the way, heading into the trade deadline. You start seeing them spark up on Twitter and your text threads, all these potential moves they can make. And then, you know, the clock strikes, whatever the time is on the deadline and nothing happens. They wait around for some guys to get cut. Typically vets, they pick them, pick them up, add them to the team and hope that they can get whatever gas is left in the tank as a contribution. It's kind of the charger way. I don't feel like they can afford to do that this season. And again, I'm not asking them to go over or go after any big names. We'll talk about who I think makes sense here in the coming weeks. But if you're claiming that this is a year where you want to go for it, then you have to show us by the level of activity that it takes to make the adjustments in places where you are deficient. You can't just use the next man up mentality when the next man up probably is a third string guy on many other teams. It's one thing to be a serviceable player. There's another one to be one who's just barely hanging on and honestly should be on like someone's practice squad. <clears throat> Again, I'm just being honest with you. I don't foresee very much changing. It's really hard to be optimistic about it. Yeah, I'm really a Debbie Downer right now, but you know, I, I don't care. Y'all know how I feel about it. I'm just telling you exactly what sits in my gut with this. And it would be rather discouraging to watch them just stand pat with what is and expect it to somehow just get better. And you're looking at the coaches and expecting them to make it better when part of the reason why you're failing right now is the coaching. So makes no sense but look let's move on got the chiefs on sunday uh it would be just like the Chargers to find a way to win this game and then again nothing makes sense because nothing ever does with this team but we'll just have to see how it plays itself out and as we get closer to the trade deadline like i said before conversations will start and i would just say don't hold your breath just being real with you but I appreciate y'all for joining me per usual, as you do weekly here on IG50i. You know who it is. It's been your guy, Craig, Mr. Petty Pendergrass. But, you know, in, in order to keep it real, to keep it a buck, I got to be honest. So that's what you get from me. Until next time, see you guys on After Hours. <clears throat> We're chopping it up regardless as to whether the team gets that magical dub or not. But see you then. And uh, y'all take it easy. Till the next time. Gone.